1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 160 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin discusses advanced Google analytics with Dara Fitzgerald, head of analytics and insight at Fresh Egg, all coming up in Internet Marketing.
2: You may have heard in a previous podcast episode that as part of the next Brighton SEA conference that we've got coming up in April, we've actually got a series of workshops taking place the day before the conference um so there's a number of topics that we're covering in the conference and over the next couple of weeks we're going to try and talk to some of the people who are leading those workshops um, about the areas that they're covering in those day-long workshops so they cost 250 pounds you can get more details about how to attend those conferences at brightonseo.com forward slash workshops we'll of course include a link in the um in the show notes here as well but the first of these episodes where we're going to be talking about some of the skills that we're covering in the workshops is advanced google analytics i'm talking to dara fitzgerald from fresh egg about some of the features that are available within Google Analytics that people may not be aware of and some of the issues that and common mistakes that people encounter when dealing with Google Analytics. It's a really interesting talk and hopefully it'll give you a bit of a taste of the workshop we've got coming up on April 12th. So Dara, um, you're kind of you're in your day-to-day job and working at Fresh Egg, you spend a huge amount of time in Google Analytics. One of the the big sort of challenges that i've faced with google analytics recently is is the new interface have, yes. what's, what's your opinion of the new interface and it versus uh, the old one and some of the changes that have been happening uh,
3: so yeah so you, you i mean you're absolutely right and i think everybody's in this in a similar position at the moment um i know certainly people across our business are kind of taking the leap some some of them are still kind of stuck in their ways and they don't they're refusing to move over to the new interface um and others are embracing it a little bit more um obviously with my team because we do um, use it day in day out we've we've moved over um, some time ago um i, I think my, my view on it is I think it's 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 a massive step in the right direction um but as with any new feature um, and it is still in beta um it's obviously got its its little quirks um some of the some of the features some of the smaller features that were in the old version um some people would be possibly familiar with the fact that if you're looking at two different date ranges, the percentage change isn't automatically calculated at the moment uh, in in the aggregated totals at the top. Um, things like that will will follow suit. Um, but some of the advantages definitely outweigh um, the very minor little quibbles with the with the new version.
2: And I mean, in terms of because. That the change in interface was, you know, to update the interface, but it was also to kind of introduce a lot, a lot of new features. Which of those do you think are the, you know, if someone's kind of perhaps held back a bit because they preferred the old version, what do you think is the mm. kind of the biggest new features that perhaps they're missing out on by not having made that move across?
3: I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of it has been interfaced, but, but it's, it's actually more than that. So it's, it's a whole new version of the, of the tools. There's actually a lot of work they've done, um, behind the scenes, uh, to the actual infrastructure itself. Um, and some of the new tools that's allowed them to introduce, um, that are, are particularly notable will probably include, uh, flow visualizations, um, which is, for anyone who's used navigation, some reason in, in, in the old version, um, which still exists in the new version, this is like that taken to a, a, a much more advanced level. So it has a really nice visual way of showing you the path people are taking through your website. Uh, and more importantly, where they're dropping off. Um, so you can segment that based on geographical location, traffic source, uh, various other dimensions as well to actually see the different paths people are taking through the site and the most likely points that they're deciding they've had enough and they're, they're dropping out. Um, the other probably key new report or set of reports that they've introduced is multi-channel funnels, um, which is a very, very powerful feature um, and, and really taken GA into the realms of, of where some sort of the paid analytics tools have been probably for, for a couple of years now, um, which is looking beyond the last click. So it actually shows you every step Um, in the the journey up to conversion. So you could see, for example, that somebody originally found your site through um, organic or or SEO um, and then they came back subsequently through an affiliate channel and maybe when they eventually converted, it was on a a paid brand term. Um, So it's given much more visibility in terms of what's actually leading up to conversions as opposed to the old version.
2: And in terms of that flow navigation, are there kind of any? Int- I know you probably want to go into client details, but kind of mm-hmm. any interesting patterns or surprising things that you've, you've discovered in that you would never have found had you not kind of understood about the kind of new, the new flow navigation process.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, in the past, there's probably been um, other tools that you could use to do kind of similar um, path analysis, but a lot of them are quite cumbersome, um, and, and the danger has been it, it, nobody wants to keep adding new tools to what they're what they're doing day in day out because you're obviously you know you're moving from Google Analytics to something else. Um, so the fact that they've introduced this within GA uh, is excellent because it, it in the past GA has maybe been more focused around. Um, the it's been more focused around how people are getting to the site, and then on a page by page basis, how long they're spending on the site, and whether they're bouncing or exiting. What it hasn't probably done very well in the past is tie all of that together and actually let you see in a nice, clean visual way how people are progressing through the site, um, which sections of the site they're going to most frequently, whether then going after that so where you may expect as a business owner you might expect somebody to um, move straight from your home page to one of your product pages you might actually realize that they're going in a roundabout way because you're promoting a help section that people are actually going to before they actually go and look at your product so the kind of key insights we've drawn from it so far has been around actually undercover um uncovering what should i say um what people are actually doing as opposed to what you might think they're doing on the site
2: so related to information architecture and usability kind of user journeys that it tends to be yeah not, absolutely
3: yeah absolutely right so it can be it could be used by um i mean it's used for example by we, we provide a lot of information taken from flow visualizations to our, our own design um, and UX specialists in-house, um, but it can also be used by, by marketers who want to know if they're driving campaign traffic to the right page um, or actually should they be targeting different landing pages for the campaigns, which, which tend to push people or draw people into the funnel a little bit more quickly.
2: And that has the potential to have quite a significant impact on revenue, you would imagine, wouldn't you, in terms of, so if you can kind of spot this, okay, perhaps people are at this stage of the process and they always then go on off and look at another page. That page is outside of the funnel. It's not kind of quite so sales driven. Actually, yes. can you take the information that's important to those people, get it on the right page where it should be, mm-hmm. and then make the whole process smoother, which hopefully should lead to more revenue at the end of the line, shouldn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I think there's, there's so there's, you're absolutely right. There's two aspects of it, which are, are quite closely related. So one is pure purely around usability, user experience of the site, which which should, in theory, lead to more revenue, but doesn't always necessarily. Um, And then the other side is purely around kind of conversion optimization or or making sure people actually do buy your products or sign up to your services, whatever it may be. So I think using flow visualizations um, allows you to take the other data in GA, such as which campaigns are driving the most traffic and the most efficient traffic, but then actually see where the blockers are on the site so again as you, as you said if you, if you want to identify um, an area where you're spending a lot of money to get a certain um, segment of your traffic onto the site but actually what they're tending to do is go down a very convoluted route um, rather than actually a straightforward linear process through to, to conversion mm-hmm. it allows you to identify and prove that because often you might have a theory um, but flow visualizations have to, to prove that and then do something about it
2: and in terms of the uh, the, the introduction of multi-channel funnels I thought was you know, huge in the world of Google Analytics. It's perhaps isn't necessarily, I'd, I don't think it's really got the kind of, the reach that it should have done thus far, but mm. I think people will as they get switched off the old interface, I think they'll start to um, make use of it a bit more. Do you think that there's kind of, um, within that multi-channel, uh, channel, I keep calling it multi-channel, I don't know why I do that, but multi-function, <laughs> uh, multi-channel funnels. Do, do you think that there's kind of, um, you know, some surprises that you've had in there because there's always the logic that kind of people you know they search on a long tail query, then they came back on a a, a shorter tail um, generic query, and then they come back on the brand and convert. Have you seen much that have kind of surprised you outside of that?
3: Um, y- yes and yes and no. I think I mean I mean there's a few there's a few. Um, There's a few kind of, not caveats, but there's a few clarifications around the data that I think some people who have started using it don't necessarily um, immediately appreciate. Um, I think if you, one thing to bear in mind, for example, is um, if you use the multi-channel funnels reports, uh, direct traffic is counted as a as a campaign in its own right, um, so it can count as as the, the last interaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the standard reports uh, for GA, so in the in the old way of doing it, direct would have been um, almost discounted if there was a previous campaign. Mm-hmm. So if somebody came to the site through paid search and then subsequently came back direct and converted, that conversion would have been given to the paid visit, whereas in multi-channel funnels, it would actually give the credit to the direct visit. So I think one, one of the advantages, um, it, it might not be a surprise, but one of one of the uses for multi-channel funnels is actually to identify how often that's happening. So how often is direct being overlooked in the main reports um, where it may, the credit may be given to, to another marketing, a paid channel, for example. Where in reality, uh, the user may have actually come back direct because they've been influenced by some form of offline marketing, um, or they've bookmarked the site and they've come back to it. So there's been a couple of surprises from that side. Um, And then also probably, it's also quite surprising to see some of the strange routes that some people do take to the site. So um, for some of our clients, we've seen uh, that actually the typical number of, of, of touch points can be dozens if not if not even up to hundreds um so obviously there is a a kind of a process there that can also be optimized and that's what we're starting to look at as well to try and help people shorten the journey to conversion so if it's taking somebody 12 visits to actually convert there's possibly a problem there um, and something that needs to be looked at. So there's some interesting stats coming out of that side of it as well in terms of of how frequently people need to come back to the site before they finally um, feel tempted to buy one of the product or services.
2: Yeah. And I suppose the the best news about it is it helps you better allocate your funds across channels as well. So some that perhaps might have appeared to have been underperforming, you can now better understand the impact they're having in the overall scheme of things Mm. or perhaps.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: So that, yeah, avoid some of that kind of um, over-crediting that sometimes certain channels can Mm. get. And in terms of, you know, because I know we've got the workshop coming up and, you know, they're kind of quite hands-on and, yeah, um, the plan is that kind of people can solve their own particular problems. What have mm. you seen, kind of dealing with clients that there's the biggest issues they've had either with a setup of analytics or things that they wanted to do that they couldn't work out quite how to do, or just sort of general issues that you've come across yeah. that people might um, might have problems with, and kind of some of the ways you can go about solving.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's it's a good question actually because I think a lot of people still. Um, I think the first thing because Google Analytics is free and it's been available for quite a quite a long time and obviously the Google brand itself is so well known, I think a lot of people use it um, but they there's a misconception that it's just a piece of JavaScript that you chuck on the pages in your site and then everything works perfectly for the rest of time um, but it doesn't it doesn't quite work that way and I think there's some very very common um, implementation issues that, that we come across all the time and um, I think the most The most notable ones would be um, cross-domain tracking. So if somebody has, um, we mostly find the issue when people have subdomains. So if somebody has um, their main site and then they have, let's say they have a booking engine or they have um, a forum or or a a blog or some some other form of of site that sits on a subdomain, um, we often see the mistake of people putting the same standard bit of tracking code on both the main domain and the subdomain. Um, And if you do that, unfortunately, it causes all sorts of problems um, with your your tracking and it can actually lead to inflated visits. So it looks as though you're getting more traffic than you actually are. So the code needs to be customized uh, in that scenario to actually make sure that when somebody moves from the main domain to the subdomain, it's treated as the same visit, rather than assuming it's actually a second visit when they move to the subdomain. Um, That's very common Uh, and probably, or oh, if I was to give you a kind of a, a rough statistic, I'd say probably uh, seven or eight times out of 10 when we deal with sites with subdomains, that's probably an issue. Um, so it is, it's very prevalent. Um, the other the other main issue, and actually this one's quite a bad one, and I, it's bad in two ways. It's bad because it happens quite a lot, and it's bad because it affects um, how people uh, manage their campaigns. So if you, if you are running AdWords, uh, campaigns, if you're you're running Google PPC through AdWords, um, and you don't enable auto-tagging, and you don't link up your AdWords account to your Google Analytics account, uh, that paid traffic actually misattributes to organic in Google Analytics. Um, And this is something we see quite frequently as well. Um, And it's not only just Google. Um, If somebody's running uh, Yahoo, uh, Paid, paid search marketing, or, or, or if they're running it through uh, through Bing, um, again, if they're not tagging that correctly, it actually looks like organic traffic, even though it's paid. So it skews all of the data within analytics. Uh, then the particular company in question starts making decisions based on the data that's fundamentally flawed. Um, and again, that's something we see more often than you would than you would imagine. Mm.
2: And I know, Dara, when we were putting together the workshop, we were kind of talking about that. There's a lot of people who are self-taught on um, mm. Google Analytics, so kind of at that intermediate stage, and maybe not at the advanced stage what do you think are some of the kind of the key things that kind of m- mark that difference between kind of self-taught and and people who've really put a lot of time into and can un- understand analytics and some of the you know the advanced features that you know yeah. you think um are really useful to understand as an analyst and insights manager
3: yeah i think um so i think that i think it's you know you could look at it from two different sides so the, the first side is the technical stuff and I think the difference between a regular user and a more advanced user is is knowing what what's likely to go wrong first of all so those, those issues I mentioned and, and, and there's a whole stream of others um, those issues can be difficult to spot if you don't know what you're looking at so a, a lot of people I think who use who use GA um, on a kind of basic to intermediate level um, assume like like you would with maybe with a lot of tools that the information it's presenting back to you is accurate, but actually it's only ever going to be as reliable as the implementation. So if it's been implemented incorrectly, then the data it feeds back is going to be equally incorrect. So I think if you if you if you're on the ba- on the, more of the basic side, um, you probably wouldn't necessarily know if the data you were looking at was was flawed. Um, also, you wouldn't know if there's actually extra enhancements you can add to track more more information. So things like event tracking, um, which you can use to track interactions on the site. So whereas GA is it was originally intended to track page views, you can actually track interactions on the page as well. Like if you have an image slider on the homepage or if you have an interactive map or if you have um, files available to download, um, anything that, or, or outbound links even, anything that wouldn't typically lead to a new URL on your site, you can track through event tracking, but that requires adding code to the site, which again, basic to intermediate users may not even know is is an option. Um, other things as well, like custom variables, which you can use to segment your your audience a little bit better, um, is again something that probably not not a lot of people either know about or know how to properly use and and, and implement.
2: And it's the it's the nesting of those that I think is quite interesting as well. Where you can start to, you know, a lot of people can kind of go, okay, well, I'll set up a, a segment that looks just at branded, but then perhaps not necessarily kind of taking that to the next tier and saying, hey, well, can I work mobile into this or that yes. type of thing? You know, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it's um, you know, I think the people who who maybe a lot sometimes with with the self-taught people. Um, you learn what you need to know but actually you, what you don't know then is what's possible so you are you you're stuck in a little bubble sometimes where uh, you know you know how to get the data that you've needed in the past but you don't actually know that there's a whole massive world of potential in there and um, that could actually benefit you greatly if you just knew how to tap into it
2: and and a, c- a final question uh, Dara, just about kind of the market as a whole because a couple of weeks ago we had a um, a recruiter who we interviewed on the show and kind of talking about the areas that were um, you know that there was kind of value for people developing skills. And how do you feel mm. about analytics within that? Because you know you manage a team of people who work in kind of the, yeah. the insights world. Is, is that tricky to recruit for those skills? And you know are there are certain things that people ought to be trying to do to qualify themselves well for those types of roles.
3: Yeah, I think I think it is tricky. Um, I think it's it's, it's quite. Um, I, I, I think. Within a team, within a, an analytics or or, or, or an insight team, you need to have uh, quite a diverse mixture of skills. So You need to cover um, the technical side because there is obviously a very technical side to it. So you need to have people who understand JavaScript and server-side programming. Um, then you need to have uh, analytical people, so people who are, are very, very strong with numbers. So, you know, somebody from a statistical or mathematical background. Um, and then you also obviously need to have people who have got quite strong uh, business and marketing analysis as well because. It, there's little point understanding the technical and the analytical side if you can't actually apply it to improve marketing campaigns. So I think for that reason, it does become quite difficult because uh, you need to try and cover quite a few angles. Um, and the web analytics um, part of our, you know, part of the, the broader digital marketing industry, um, it's probably a little bit more niche, maybe um, than some of the other some of the other areas. So it, it does pose some challenges recruiting, um, but I think. Those challenges can be overcome by uh, on the technical side. Obviously, a lot of a lot of people with programming experience can move into the analytics world, um, and on the analytical side, um, you can have people who maybe come from um, more of a uh, you know, market research background or somebody from, uh, you know, an econometrics background, um, somebody who's ha- who's got strong statistical skills uh, and then similarly business and marketing, someone who's experienced running, managing, planning campaigns um, would have the kind of core skills that would be needed to, to move more into the, mm. the world of, the wonderful, the wonderful world of analytics and insight.
2: No, it's interesting. I mean, it, it never ceases to amaze me, um, you know, kind of quite, like in terms of relative spend, the amount that's mm. spent on generating traffic and relatively yeah. how little is spent on what is done with that traffic once it's there in terms of either improving mm. the likelihood of, um, you know, it to convert, a conversion rate optimization or even mm. indeed uh, acknowledging whether the money spent was effective. Yes. Um, and it, I mean, I can only see that there's going to be more and more people moving in that direction and more and more mm. kind of attention moving in that direction as well.
3: Yeah, I think the key. I think the key point is understanding it. I think um, you know, op- optimizing it's absolutely essential. And, and as you say, I think there's you know this, those numbers kicking around. like people spend for every 100, 100 pounds they spend getting traffic to the site, they only spend one pound converting it. And that, I don't know how out of date that stat is, but uh, I think the the other point is, and something I'm always trying to be quite clear to to try and explain to to clients is that. Actually, the optimization almost comes afterwards. You first need to make sure that the data that you're you're using is correct, or as correct as it can be, and then you need to understand it. and I think that's probably where the potential is going to come um, in the, in this part of of the industry we're in. It's it's having people who have the skills to actually analyze and interpret the data that's available, validate it, and then use it. and that's And that's the challenge, um, but also the opportunity, which is which is great for me <laughs> no, no,
2: no. yeah very excited so, so cheers out, Dara and as I said at the, the beginning of the episode we've got a um, workshop coming up on the 12th of April in Brighton Dara is going to be I think the title is kind of advanced analytics but it's about taking people who kind of have that experience of analytics and really sort of taking it to the next level and talking about some of the you know problems that it can solve and also some of the opportunities you might not have necessarily appreciated it could
3: help you with absolutely
2: fantastic no brilliant I really appreciate that and
3: Yeah, some interesting topics there as well. Excellent. Now, it's a pleasure. Cheers, Calvin. Fantastic. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye.
1: Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you if you want to send an email Send it to kelvin.newman at SiteVisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273256150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.